podcast where myself and other women discuss the seen and unseen challenges and biases that women and girls face on a daily basis and how women in business are working towards changing this narrative. Today I am joined by Shabari Das, who has created the World Vegan Market, which was launched in 2020 on World Vegan Day. Welcome Shabari. Oh, thank you, Alice. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So how did the World Vegan Market come about? Well, I've been an independent business owner of a vegan skincare company for about six years at the time. And we went into into lockdown in March 2020. And so I stopped doing events. Before that, I used to actually do so many different vegan festivals, local festivals, local markets, village fates and that kind of thing, you know, going up and down the country. And then when lockdown happened, I brought my vegan skincare business online and that continued for a while. Then during October 2020, one of my school friends who also does the same vegan skincare business, she's also um, an independent distributor. She wanted to buy some Diwali gifts uh, for her friends and family and found that there wasn't any around. So she decided to create her own online Diwali market and had asked me to promote that so I did and then I was talking to her about how I used to do a lot of um, events and then that actually stopped uh, because of lockdown and so she suggested well why don't you create an online vegan market and I also run the London Vegan Business Network which had uh, well at the time there were about 800 uh, members now I have over 1,100 members who are vegan business owners, startups, those who are vegan professionals, students, people who are looking for a vegan job, um, that kind of thing. And so I said to my school friend, well, do you mean do a market on my London Vegan Business Network? Because that's an established group that I I run. And she said, no, 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 Um, you would create a a public group and then just start from scratch and invite as many people as possible so without further thought um, the following day I created my own group and called it World Vegan Market and it just exploded I launched it on World Vegan Day which is the first of November every year and in fact actually the whole of November is World Vegan Month so I thought that this was perfect you know this is the perfect timing and it just grew and grew and grew I now have over 3,200 members in the group and I'm on my 11th online market which is the World Vegan Spring Market and as well as running the online stalls I also do various online events on the group as well like for example back in January I did a Veganuary event where I invited a number of vegan nutritionists
Lewis um, to talk about vegan nutrition. I hosted a panel discussion there as well with vegans in the health sector, including a vegan doctor. And then I organized entertainment in the evening with um, some vegan musicians. So it's a really, really um, happening group. It's a lot of hard work. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It is because it's just myself doing everything, doing all the promotion, the marketing, the admin, the accounts, the updating of the website and everything else. It, it, it's just just myself. Um, so it is a lot of hard work, but I wanted to be different to other online markets out there in that I wanted to actually do all these events that would attract people and to get to know about what veganism is all about and to educate them and entertain them as well. Yeah, I think that's so needed, isn't it? Because when it's all in one place and people can find you, it's obvious who you are and what you're doing. And from the health point of view, obviously a lot of vegan substitute foods coming out that's not necessarily the most healthy option, but Mm -hmm. having professionals who people can trust. So if someone is concerned about their health or their child's health and they know that someone who's medically trained is Mm. also vegan and understands health then that can give them a lot of reassurance because I think it can be extremely daunting because even though veganism has been around for quite a long time now it's only really hit the mainstream in the last five or so years hasn't it and then people still don't really understand what being vegan is or how people get their nutrients I mean I find it funny when people say how are you getting your b12 or where are you getting your protein I'd actually be more concerned about things like the amigas iodine all that kind of thing so if you can easily access nutritionalists dietitians doctors and and people like that all in one place then it just makes it so much simpler for everyone doesn't it oh absolutely because people will listen to doctors I just feel that a lot of people are concerned about the wrong things like for example we vegans get it all the time where do you get your protein from there isn't an issue about protein because you know you can get your protein from legumes from your beans from your um, from your tofu and and your lentils etc so that isn't an issue at all what you mentioned about getting your omegas your iodine and I would also say your, your vitamin B2 12 is probably more of a concern but when you hear vegan doctors who have done the studies and they're able to tell people that it is safe then people will listen to them there's no issue at all about a vegan diet not being safe whatever age you're at you know some people might think oh I have a baby or I'm pregnant is it safe to be vegan um it's completely safe it it is and you can get all your nutrients there's some really good sources for example on the on the vegan society and also if you watch my interviews and panel discussions uh, on my world vegan market you'll be able to hear the experts talk about the various nutrients that are needed as a vegan so you're not missing out on anything um, it's just that you know you kind of need to educate yourself in terms of you know the vitamins and the minerals that you need to have as a vegan yeah that's definitely true and I think that it is becoming so much easier and I have to say like 
you know, with regards to veganism, that it's, it's very strongly linked to women's rights, isn't it? And feminism and the rights of all the females, human, non-human that live on the planet. And has that been like an integral part of why you've created the World Vegan Market? Absolutely. In terms of women's rights and also women's empowerment as well. You know, I feel that it's really important that uh, women actually showcase that they have the skills and their creativity, their expertise in what they're doing in running their own business and in a non-sexualized way to the world out there because I would say it's really, really tough being a woman because you're having to prove yourself to the world that you can run a business that you can run a household that you can you know look after the children as well it's really tough on women and so I feel that I'm giving women a platform to be able to sell their vegan products and vegan friendly services and to showcase themselves in a in a good way in in terms of like um you know showing their creativity showing that they're very very capable because as women we are very capable we're capable of doing a wide range of activities and being able to multitask we're more equipped actually than men um, to be able to multitask Uh, so I feel that women rights and, and women's empowerment is very very important in terms of what I do and in terms of showing women their capabilities and their talents yeah definitely yeah it's true we are extremely capable but we are taught from childhood that we're not and that we need to be rescued by somebody or we don't have the intelligence or we don't have the knowledge or the know-how and you know things like um, building industry and the car industry and things like that are still very male dominated although Mm -hmm. women are stepping up aren't they to take those roles but it's because we are discouraged from very early early on not to be able to do that so having someone like you creating this business and it's absolutely thriving and you're able to give other women the confidence and also bring in people who have expertise in their own area so that they can talk about it and encourage other women to believe in themselves and know that they can do anything because as you say you do it all yourself as I do all of my work I mean I've got loads like yourself I've got loads of people supporting me but the majority of this work is done by me and luckily I've got a really brilliant illustrator who is there in the background often picking me up when I feel like I just cannot move on and helps me with everything and believes in everything that I'm doing but yeah some days it just feels like there's so much on your shoulders doesn't it and it's hard to think oh sh- shall I carry on with this is any anyone actually interested or shall I just stop do you feel like that oh goodness me yes definitely because it is incredibly hard work I feel that and it's been said to me that you make it look so easy and I say to people I can tell you I may make it look easy but it's certainly not easy you know I'm working pretty much a day and night uh, having to do all the various things that I need to do you know for example I'm having to do all the promotion and 
marketing myself and then the admin, the, the sales work as well, you know, looking for stall holders. Um, and then also when I do these various online events as well, you know, contacting uh, potential speakers and thinking, well, what kind of event can I do? Like, you know, just as an example, last Sunday, in fact, a couple of days before International Women's Day, I put together an International Women's Day um, celebrations event. And you were very kindly uh, part of that, Alice. Um, you were brilliant, by the way. And uh, if anyone hasn't watched it, please do watch it on my World Vegan Market. It is relentless. And also not just, um, you know, running my World Vegan Market. I also run the London Vegan Business Network, which I mentioned earlier as well. I still have my vegan skincare business that, that I'm running. I'm not doing stalls, face-to-face -face stalls now, because I feel that it's too much. And my life has sort of taken me into a different direction. So I don't really have the desire to, you know, get up at sort of four or five in the morning and go to all these face-to-face -face market stalls and be there all day and, you know, with my skincare. I just run that business purely online. But then also the other things as well, you know, the household chores. I'm the main person, you know, making sure that the household chores are done. Yeah, so it's a lot for one person to do. And I do sometimes feel that I'm almost at burnout yeah I do feel that you know is it worth it and uh, you know how long can I continue like this <laughs> I do have those feelings as well and as I mentioned earlier it is tough being a woman and it is really tough having to, to prove myself I do remember actually when I first started the world vegan market I interviewed the founder and manager of VegFest and he's brought his business online as well. They do about three or four online events per year. They're going to go back to doing physical events in November, obviously COVID permitting. But yeah, he did say to me that, um, you know, it's really fantastic what you're doing. Um, this was after our interview. In fact, he was my first person that I interviewed on my World Vegan Market during World Vegan Month. And he said, well, you're going to get a lot of praise, but you are going to get a lot of flat as well and he was absolutely right and I remember thinking when I was getting all this flack I felt oh gosh I'm a woman I can't do this only men are able to do this and I feel guilty of actually that coming into my head but I just thought well you know having to deal with so much crap from people being given a hard time only a man can actually deal with that but I've proven that I'm stronger than that. I've had to grow quite a thick skin. You know, I'm quite a sensitive person, but I've had to grow a thick skin. And yeah, it hasn't been easy, but I'm still here and I'm still doing what I'm doing. And I would just say to any woman out there who's maybe not feeling very confident or is having like imposter syndrome, for example, we all feel like that. It's not just you on your own, but the key thing is, to just think about why you're doing what you're doing. Does it have a purpose? Does it have a mission? So unless you have a purpose and unless you have a mission, that's not going to keep you going. You need that to keep you going through the tough times. And there will be a lot of tough times. Uh, yeah. And, and this this would be for any woman that's, uh, that's running a business. Yeah, I completely agree. I felt like that with things like negative reviews for the books, for example. So one person left a review saying, 
saying that they hoped a comet would hit the earth because of the title of my book and also was talking about narcissistic snowflake children always needing well to grow up in a gentler world I suppose you know because that's what people are trying to do more and more they're trying to create a gentle world and educate not just about women's rights but rights of people of colour rights of people's religions animal rights human rights in general is a massive discussion point and obviously over the last few years we've seen a lot of these things come up to the forefront and one of the reasons why I created Alice Clover Stories and the Girls Love To series is because I wanted to be that positive voice for girls and women so that they can feel empowered and trust their bodies and trust themselves I think that it's just so important to have women like you leading the way and for you to come up with this idea, this concept and then create it and not be put off by the negative comments. So I don't know about you, but the negative comments for me have actually increased my sales. So if anyone posts a negative comment, other people, I never say anything. Other people will leave a comment saying, oh, I actually really like this book. I'm going to go and buy it now. Has that happened to you at all? I get a lot of negativity from people in terms of me charging. And yeah, I remember actually one of the first people who was very negative. She wasn't just negative. She was downright nasty to me. I won't name any names, but it was somebody um, from America. She'd written a book and she wanted um, to be a stallholder on my market. And um, the book was about veganism. And she was for somebody who is in an industry um, let's say that is male dominated I really was shocked at her attitude towards me you know she was really nasty saying nasty things like oh you're trying to profiteer off of vegans and you know she's been working for free for the animals for 17 years and that kind of thing and I just didn't understand her attitude at all for somebody who must have had to have proved herself being in an industry. You know, she's a female bodybuilder and she would have had to have proven herself because it's still one of those industries where like her, you know, people think, oh, it it should only be men that are bodybuilding. So she would have had to have worked really, really hard to have proven herself. So I was so shocked about her attitude towards me and to say that well I shouldn't be earning income from what I'm doing well she's earning income from what she's doing she's selling her books to help the animals but you know she does have a job you know maybe not a conventional job but um, she is earning money so I would have thought that for somebody like that they would encourage other women to earn their own money so I was really really shocked about her attitude and I've had other people like that as well so what I've done is every well not every time but whenever people have said well you're too expensive or you shouldn't be charging or that type of thing I then look at myself and I think well no I work damn hard I deserve to be paid I'm going to put up my prices and I've done that a number of times actually so every woman should be paid what they're worth and just because what I'm doing perhaps isn't a conventional job if you like it doesn't mean that it's any less worthy or or anything like that I mean I'm doing a worthy cause but um, in order for me to to sustain this long term I do 
need to be paid what I feel that I'm worth. And at the moment, I'm not getting paid an hourly wage. So hopefully that will come later. But with people's attitudes out there, that has really brought me down. But, you know, I've become stronger because of that. And I've said to myself, okay, you know, that's fine what other people say. No, I believe in myself. I believe in my self-worth. So these are my charges. Yeah, that's really important. And the amount of meetups that I've been to where women have talked about this exact subject, we're not as likely to charge our worth. And we're more likely to feel guilty about it and not speak up for ourselves, which is why the gender pay gap exists in the first place, because for far too long, it's been allowed to happen like that. Because we've been taught that actually what we do isn't worth it. You know, like you were talking about doing the majority of the housework. I do the majority of the housework as well. And for a long time, I never thought that I was actually contributing because my husband's always been the main earner. And I thought, well, what am I doing? I'm not bringing any money in. I'm just at home. And it took me a long time to actually value the fact that what I do is massive. And he's never said to me that I'm a financial burden or anything it's always been me he's in fact told me time and time again that if it wasn't for me he wouldn't be able to progress in his career like he is because he knows that I'm at home with the children and I take on all of that side of thing so he tells me that I contribute financially all the time you know simple things like the fact that we didn't have to send them to nursery until they got their funding because I was able to look after them and that saved huge amounts of money but I was in such a bad place in myself I just thought oh no I'm not contributing I need to be going out and getting a job because all of the finances are on him and I felt bad about it but at the same time if it wasn't for him having the career that he's got and supporting me I wouldn't have been able to pursue my business and do the work that I do so I think it's really definitely important to acknowledge our value and our worth so if anyone says to you oh well you're charging too much I mean I don't know if you keep a spreadsheet of everything you do because I don't and I'm actually thinking about doing it just so that I can see everything that I do just Mm. like keep a copy of a spreadsheet with some graphs or statistics or something and then just send it to them and say this is why I charge this this is the amount of work that I put in in the background that you don't even know about. And I know that what I'm charging is the right price. And if people can't afford it, then that's not your problem. Absolutely. Now, I think that's a really, really good idea. And in fact, if I break down every single task that I do, they would be able to see, well, if they paid an assistant to do all of those things, they would have to pay at least minimum wage, probably double minimum wage. And I'm only charging a small amount to be a stallholder, really tiny amount amount if you compare the amount of work as I mentioned I don't take a wage I don't take an hourly rate and you know that the charges that I have put together 
it, it, it doesn't cover the work that I do. And I do feel I could probably, if I pitch myself as an assistant, for example, I could probably charge a lot more than, um, than what I'm getting. So I would say that, you know, for what um, my stall holders are, are getting, it's an absolute bargain. Yeah, definitely. Like I said before, to have all of these vegan workplaces and just vegan people in general in one place so that you can access it without having to constantly because that takes time doesn't it look oh if I go and look on on the vegan society or if I go and look on this other website or if I do this or I I do that you're just spending ages looking at different places but if you can do it all in one place and know that oh I want to find a vegan musician to play at my vegan wedding or something oh well that person Mm -hmm. is a vegan musician and they have a really brilliant band and I know that my wedding guests would love that or oh that's a vegan caterer they can deal with the catering or that vegan business makes the most incredible cakes so I'll have that business make my child's birthday cake or you know something like that just really help yeah and it's all in one place and my I suppose I don't know if you'd call it a motto is um, all things vegan under one virtual roof and that's what I want to be known for exactly what I want people to think when they hear my name and I've done all the hard work you know taken all the research out of people having to spend hours and hours and hours uh, you know trying trying to find what they're looking for it's all there you know all under one virtual roof yeah and that's why people wouldn't mind paying because they know that it has taken a lot of work out of their own hands that they can just ask you or look on your website or look on your business page and just see exactly what it is that they need and then they're happy to just pay for your market or just pay for your services in general because I mean that that's the thing with any business it doesn't matter what business you have like people are happy to just buy things off Amazon Mm. they begrudge paying for a small business but actually the people who run Amazon have huge amounts of money and can employ a vast team of people to do all of the work they don't have to worry about it all themselves just being able to do marketing I mean paying for someone to do marketing is a lot of money because they have that knowledge and that expertise and they charge what they're worth because they know that what they provide is very much needed and like you said if you're doing all the marketing admin organizing everything like I do you're not paying for anybody else to do it I don't take a wage I'm looking forward to the day that I do because I know that everything that I'm doing is very needed and I really believe in the cause also when you see on social media these other businesses that seem to be doing really well and they are able to employ different types of people to do different job roles it's quite easy to forget how long it's taken them to get to that point and feel like oh no I'm not at that point I'm such a failure particularly as a woman definitely I mean we do tend to compare ourselves with other women I'm guilty of doing that actually I see women on you know I'm on quite a lot of female entrepreneurs 
entrepreneur groups and you know I do uh, kind of wonder well how do they do this and how do they do that and how are they able to make a success of, of what they're doing and yeah I do feel quite inferior actually because as an example last week I attended quite a number of International Women's Day events as well as organizing my own and I was looking at the women I was thinking wow you know they've achieved so much and you know these are really what I felt was successful ambitious women who had to fight to get to where they are and I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm, I'm in awe of them so you know for women who don't support women in their businesses or in what they do I don't understand that because I just feel that we should all be supporting each other and probably this is the reason why a lot of women are behind in terms of the gender pay gap and perhaps you know haven't risen as far as they can and I do believe it is probably a lot to do with other women not wanting them to succeed for whatever reason the only thing that I could think of is maybe it could be jealousy it could be that those women want to be successful in themselves but for whatever reason they don't want to see other women succeed I mean if we go back to Victorian times Queen Victoria she was the most powerful woman in her time and yet she expected other women to stay at home look after the children you know bring up the family and make sure that the household was in order you know that went on it's even in present day but also I would say that Maggie Thatcher as well I mean she was the most powerful woman in in the UK in her time and yet she also thought that women should stay at home and look after the kids and that kind of thing so I just feel that that kind of attitude is still in the minds of women and perhaps that is the reason why we're not really progressing as much as we should be you know because of those attitudes yeah 100% I mean Queen Victoria said that women shouldn't be in parliament didn't she even though she was the only woman who was speaking to politicians because they were all men Mm. she just didn't feel like it was a woman's place and her and her husband created that ideal of the family and they wanted everyone to see that as as how it should be so that culturally women were at home and the husband went out to work and then everyone was hunky-dory it's a bit like in the 1950s when we went back to that thing of women being at home all the time always having to look absolutely perfect and keep a perfect home even though during the war they had taken the jobs of men and proven that they could do those jobs and mainstream started wearing trousers were capable I mean they are capable anyway but we're proving that we went right back you know like women weren't allowed to complain to their husband when when he came home from work if they'd had a bad day that's carried on because obviously we are a conservative country and we still have these ideals that women will behave in a certain way and that wants to be protected and I find like obviously now there are more and more women doing their own business and speaking up but society is not quite ready to to take that step and they're holding on to the idea that women have to be ultra feminine and men have to be ultra masculine even though it's being proven by people from all walks of life that they do not conform to those roles and they do not want to conform to those roles they they 
they want to be who they feel they are inside and like for me I mean you know my family has followed those patterns because obviously I am at home but I started this business four years ago and my husband also does a lot around the flat and he takes the children to some of their classes and will purposely arrange for me to have time off so that I can focus on what I need to do and I think that it has to be recognized for both men and women and also people who don't identify as a man or a woman that they can play the role that is right for them it doesn't matter if society is telling you to be a specific way you just have to go with what's right for you and that's the same in business you just have to go with what feels right for you no matter if anyone's criticizing you or tells you you're not going to go anywhere, or maybe doesn't believe in your cause, as long as you believe in it, and you're doing it because it's coming from your heart, it doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have that self-belief. And this is the thing about women and also trans as well. And those who are non-binary, perhaps they are feeling that they're having to hide away from society. And that's wrong. We should be able to be what we want to be and not get criticism from society, not be ashamed of who we are. You know, nobody should ever be ashamed of who we are. You know, we should be living in a society in this day and age to be who we want to be and you know we're not hurting anybody else it's just that you know society needs to catch up you know we're a long way off from you know women's rights from any kind of rights at all and why is that you know uh, we have to question why is it I mean just as an example I was speaking to a friend of mine who I've known for a long time since school she's a solicitor these days, or even before actually, it was unheard of for female solicitors to be partners. And there is still that prejudice in so many industries. And she was saying to me that she's had to fight to get her position, even really to get even a locum job as well, because her female interviewers would ask things like, you know, when she was in her 20s and 30s, are you going to have a family? Do you plan on getting married? And then later, on in her 40s you know they would question her capability as well I feel that at each stage of being a woman society sees us as a drawback as I mentioned in the 20s and 30s employers will ask you (laughs) well even if they don't do it in a direct way they want to know you know whether you want to get married and have children because they don't want um, women to take time off for childcare, and this is the reason they would rather give the job to a man and then a woman in her 50s they're kind of seen as past it and they're thinking oh you know this person going to be going through the menopause and you know she's not going to be able to do her job because of going through the menopause and so it just seems that men are thinking like that all the time and that's just totally wrong and so women end up suppressing their feelings you know like if they're having a bad day 
or if they're like feeling hormonal or anything like that, they're having to suppress that in the workplace, you know, because they're scared that they're not going to get a promotion, that people are going to think, oh, you know, she's having a women's things and, um, you know, she's having a tantrum because of women's things or, you know, whatever. And that is just totally wrong that people have that attitude. That really, really needs to change. And also, if we go back to gender, I feel also that within the workplace, that also needs to be considered as well in terms of, well, yeah, you know, you've got the female toilets and you've got the gents, but also what about people who are non-binary? You know, that needs to be thought about as well, because you don't want to go into the gents or the ladies because people might feel uncomfortable. So something needs to be done about that as well to be more inclusive. And that's just one part of being inclusive. I just feel as well, you know, for example, during the interview process, in terms of asking questions, are they really being inclusive in terms of those who are LGBTQIA? You know, are they being inclusive? And and I, I feel that a lot of employers are still really backwards in in, in terms of that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's definitely there's a long way to go, and that's one of the reasons why I've wanted to create the Girls Love Two series so that girls can grow up into women who just feel more confident about themselves and if they get asked these questions they feel equipped to know the answers and they feel that they can actually just do the job that they want it doesn't matter if they're childbearing age because there's plenty of men these days who are taking on the role of being the main stay-at-home parent and the woman is taking on the role of working because she now has the capacity to earn enough to support her family and the man wants to stay at home and also you know things like same-sex parents if a lesbian couple are working and one of them has the babies there's no guarantee that the one who had the babies is going to be at home it could easily be the other way around but they're both getting asked the question the same question and then for gay parents they wouldn't be asked these questions would you like to have children will you be staying at home because they're both men but then who's going to do the childcare in that situation. So I think that that might be a conversation for another time because it's a vast conversation in itself, isn't it? But yeah, I agree with you that the odds are often stacked against women, but we are both paving the way and showing women and inspiring women. And I just wanted to say thank you for your words of wisdom. And I've really enjoyed this interview. Oh, thank you, Alice. I mean, I've really enjoyed our conversation as well. I hope that I've given some inspiration and I just want to leave you all with this thought just be who you want to be don't worry about what other people say just be yourself and understand your worth and know your worth thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the farting feminist podcast my mission is to encourage all girls and women to know how incredible they truly are you can find out more about the work i'm doing at www.aliceclovestories.com please don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family